Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined by our college basketball partner in crime, Bill Christie, at Larry's Box 2 on gambling Twitter. He is Lucha Larry. Bill, it's been a hot minute. It's unfortunate we haven't been able to link up as much as we wanted on college season, but it is that time of year when college season takes center stage. So I guess better late than never, as they say, right? Yes, yes, it has been a while. I know you had a lot of stuff going on. I've had a lot of stuff going on. Granted, they've all been good things, which is yep. great. Uh, but, yeah, we are we are headed down the final stretch of the regular seasons, and then we have conference tournaments. Some of them have started. We have a ton of them started next week. And then we get Christmas in March, baby, the best time of year for college basketball. And I would argue I think it's the best time of year for sports, although we're dealing with our lockout in the MLB, which kind of puts a sour taste in our mouths about. But other than that, all good things in the month of March. All right, Bill. I, I, all, all up from here, but I want to – let you know about a little run I went on. I told Alex this, our uh, producer, Jack of all trades at full underscore slate underscore pod. He manages the podcast Twitter. Uh, but I went on, uh, I know we're both Philly guys and um, I went on a brutal run and I haven't really spoken with you since this happened. So I went on a pretty brutal run of trying to see Philly teams live. Um, actually, uh, of course, Alex um, is, I don't know if you knew this, he's, Grew up in the Pittsburgh area. His mm-hmm. family is from Pittsburgh. Um, yep. 
And then he moved to D.C. at, I think, a pretty young age. But anyway, I was a, so I was a Penguins fan. And um, Flyers are scheduled to play the Penguins on December 23rd. And if you think back to that time, that was when the Omicron uh, COVID variant was kind of. Oh, I know. I got it. Christmas Eve, I picked it up. It was a blast. Oh, there you go. Um, so the NHL always shuts down for Christmas anyway, because it's like the NBA's mm-hmm. holiday. So they give their players off on, and then the 26th is Boxing Day in Canada. So they give their players off Christmas Eve, Christmas, and Christmas the day after every year. So because of the Omicron variant, they, like, on, like, December 15th or whatever, it was, like, a week before the game, they announced that they're going to move, they're going to start the Christmas pause two days earlier. So <laughs> there were no games on the 22nd or 23rd. So I was going to fly into Pittsburgh, see Alex, go to the game, and spend the Festivus, you know, 23rd in Pittsburgh, and then Christmas Eve morning, get an early flight and go into Philly and spend the week home. That that didn't happen. However, okay, I look at the schedule. Sure enough, Sixers are home in Philly on the 23rd. So I find a, um, a, a flight that, fortunately, it all worked out with the same airline, and I was able to uh, get a flight that landed in Philly at about 4.45. And uh, everything is good. Uh, up until about four o'clock and we're, uh, you know, the pilot comes on the intercom and says, you know, attention passengers, uh, we're experiencing some unexpected mechanical problems with the engine and we're going to need to divert into Raleigh, Durham. And, and so, you know, at this point, any sort of delay is going to basically screw me because, you know, we still have about 45 minutes of flight time. And, you know, it's four o'clock. So I, I had about, you know, an hour tops to play with. Sure enough, Raleigh Durham with the same airline does not fly direct to Philly. So we oh. couldn't get on. We had to get on a different plane. But instead of, you know, the plane had to backtrack to Atlanta where it had a layover. And oh. then we had to wait at Atlanta for the next Atlanta to Philly flight. So instead of landing at 4.45 p.m., I, le- I didn't get back home at the Philly airport until 12.30 a.m. in the morning. Holy shit. Okay, so there goes the Sixers game. Okay, so we're 0 for 2 there. 0 for 2. <laughs> and I told you about the Phillies. You mentioned the MLB lockout. They were scheduled. I work in Houston. They were scheduled to be here on opening day. And now a bunch of owners decide that uh, we need to lock the players out and cancel opening day. 0 for 3. Uh, and of course, you know, I see my temple owls get their rear ends kicked by Houston. I told you about that. So it's been a rough stretch for me trying to see games, but I don't know that anybody can pull off a similar trifecta again in their lives when it comes to those three, uh, <laughs> getting wiped out all for different no. reasons. No, you couldn't do that if you tried. I mean, that that's like working gambling podcast. That's like a 100 to one underdogs money line parlay, you know, seriously, seriously. <laughs> my God, that yeah. is crazy. So All right, remind me not to book any games with you coming up in the near future. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I was, there's a lot of University of Houston people I work with, and I was telling them all, hey, this game, like, something might happen here. Like, this <laughs> game might be played. Oh, something? <laughs> yeah, right. But, right. No, it was, well, was, was kind of like Temple thought they weren't playing, so. Yeah, well, they were in the game for a little bit there, but, gosh, it got pretty <laughs> ugly there in the second half. So, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to hopefully try and see them next weekend at the uh, conference tournament, which is in Fort Worth. So um, we shall see. I think Aaron did a nice job this year. They'll probably end up in the NIT. So um, 
We shall see there. But let's talk about some teams that are on the college hardwood on Saturday and start getting into some of our picks. And let's get it rocking and rolling in the SEC, uh, which, you know, listen, as it'll always be a football league, but there are uh, there's a lot of depth in the SEC this year. And a couple of those teams are on the hardwood in Baton Rouge on Saturday afternoon. Actually, it'll be an 11 a.m. local time start there in Baton Rouge. The Tigers of LSU hosting the Crimson Tide of Alabama. LSU a four-point favorite, total of 152. And I'm going to be on Alabama here, Bill, for nothing other than if you just apply the zigzag theory with Alabama, I think you're more often than not going to be profitable because the only thing that's consistent about the Crimson Tide is that they are inconsistent. And if you look at their last five games, most recently, they lose outright at home against Texas A&M as 10-point shock. They lose the game by 16 points, too. So uh, really bad showing there at home in Tuscaloosa for the Tide. Prior to that, though, they beat up on South Carolina pretty good, win by 19. Week game before that, they survived by the skin of their teeth against lowly Vanderbilt by two points in Nashville. Uh, they lose a decently competitive game against Kentucky, so I'm not going to hold that one against them. Slide by the skin of their teeth against Mississippi State. And then they beat Arkansas, who's one of the best teams in the SEC. So there's been all these ups and downs, zigging and zagging with Alabama, which means I think now's the time to get back in on the tide coming off that loss, as I said, to Texas A&M. I think Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford is one of the better backcourts when they're on. And that's the problem with Alabama. You just never know on a nightly basis. I mean, the tide got some really good wins, you know, on their schedule this year. And I just have a feeling we're going to get good Alabama after getting bad Alabama on, uh, I think it was Wednesday that game happened. So I will take Alabama plus four. Have you picked up on some of that inconsistency with Alabama? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, every time I'm on them is when they're inconsistent in a bad way. It's been unbelievable. And you met, you said it, like, they could be the best backboard or one of the best backboards in the country, but they're just so inconsistent. And it's not like it's not like Quinterly has a bad game and Shackelford picks up the slack. It's like they both tank when they're when they're when they're playing bad. It's like not one picking the other one up. But I, I, look, I'm not going to have a play on this game, but I'm I I I don't like betting against LSU this year. Uh Especially, well, in this case, they're at home, right? LSU's at yeah, home in this one. Yeah, so they they knocked off what Kentucky and Tennessee back to back. Granted, that was back in the early part of January. Arkansas, but to beat Kentucky and to beat Tennessee, who were both ranked at the time, and then again Kentucky and Arkansas, they they covered against on the road. They were two top fifteen teams. Makes me a little bit nervous, but like you said, you just don't know what you're gonna get with Bama. So if Bama's gonna win this game. I would think they're going to cover the spread because they're going to play at that level. Um, so if well, you're thinking about taking it. So if they win, they're going to for sure cover the spread. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay away, but uh, I wish you luck on that one. All right. Another quick one here. I know, uh, Bill, you're a Nova guy, so uh, I want to go to the Big East. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like this will be fast. I think it's a sleepy spot for Villanova on the road in Indianapolis against Butler. Another uh, 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. 12 noon Eastern start. I think Indianapolis is in the Central Time Zone. Indiana might be one of those states that's They're like, like on the line. I feel like yeah, exactly. Like they don't have daylight savings time. I'm sorry. Like they don't have daylight savings. Oh, time they don't. I know like Arizona that. doesn't have daylight. Somebody. Savings. It's it's so strange. It's the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no offense, uh, listeners. Yeah, I uh, I, I I just had a feeling that 
uh, Nova would be a good fade on Saturday uh, because you look at the Cats having just beaten Providence, and that was really the game I looked mm-hmm. at and said, okay, Providence won the regular season title this year, and I think Ed Cooley's probably the coach of the year yeah. given uh, the job that he's done with a Providence team. That's got some talent, but I don't think they had a single all-Big East first-teamer. So Providence is your Big East regular season champ, and then Nova you know, is able to beat them. And and that was kind of the one. If there's a regular season game that's going to really matter for Villanova when you don't win the regular season Big East, it would be against a team that did win the regular season Big East. So they already beat Providence. Now I just think they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit. You know, it's Butler who is a, a sub-500 team. It, mm-hmm. And conversely, if you're Butler, maybe you're thinking, okay, now's a chance to, you know, sneak up on Villanova and, and, and rise to the occasion a little bit given – the fact that I'm sure Butler, you know, a lot of these upperclassmen for Butler have had taken their fair share of losses in their college careers against Jay Wright's team. So I, I think senior day for Butler at home, they'll be more up for the game. Nova, I just think larger fish to fry. So I'll take Butler plus eight in the hook. Yeah, no pushback for me at all. I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, it's the last game of the year. I think Villanova is just trying to stay healthy more so than they are if looking to really put a a beating on this Butler team who can play well at home. Uh, What do you think the ceiling is real quick on Nova? I mean, we'll see what happens come Big East tournament, but is this a second weekend team at least? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely there. Um, But by the way, I I think they got screwed against Connecticut. Yeah. I think that was a And I thought the Nova kid had the ball and it shouldn't have been a jump ball. Yeah, I agree. And you take if you take that out, I think look, they, the only other two losses they had in conference, well, obviously besides Creighton when they started conference play, were both to Marquette. To me, that's just a matchup issue, right? Like, I feel like yeah. a team that is ranked in the top ten, like Nova is, that has two losses to a basically unranked team in Marquette throughout the course of the of the um, conference schedule. To me, that's matchup. It's not. It's not saying that. You know, they took a loss because they were playing down or it may be. It's, well, if they play Marquette 10 times, I got a feeling they're going to lose between six and eight times to them. Right. Just by pure matchup. So you take them out, like that, that's a, that's a ridiculous run they would have been on. Um, and they seem to be peaking right now at the right time. Like you said, they, they knocked off Providence, who was number one team in the conference. Um, I'll be curious to see what they do in the Big East tournament. But yeah, they're definitely, to me, a second weekend team. They have the potential to make the run out there. I think the only thing that they're really um, that they're really lacking is on uh, is on the defensive end. Like they're 37th, I think, in the defensive efficiency number, which is um, puts them outside my categories that I play with to figure out who I want to have in the final. Um, so if they can pick up the defense in the in the Big East tournament and carry that into the tournament, I think they have a shot to make a deep run with the team they have. All right, let's keep things moving. And, Bill, I'm going to let you solo on a game in the ACC. We're going to get to Coach K's finale a little bit later on. But uh, Virginia Tech traveling to South Carolina to take on Clemson. You're on the mm-hmm. short road chalk here with the Hokies laying three. Yeah, I am. Uh, look, Clemson is pretty much done for, right? Like They would basically need to win the ACC tournament in order to get into the NCAA tournament. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, they are – I believe one of the last four out 
uh, or maybe it was last four in. I can't remember what I saw. Um, either way, they are on the bubble, squarely on the bubble. But if they're able to pick up this win and pick up at least one win in the ACC tournament, they might be able to sneak their way into the big dance. But with a loss here, it pretty much ends their season, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think that they're going to come out and and go guns a-blazing in the ACC tournament to make a run. I think they lose here. It's just going to kind of put them in a spot where they're going to fold on their season. So I like them for the motivation here. I know you like to say bubble teams are bubble teams for a reason. I agree with you. But against this Clemson team, the Clemson team doesn't really impress me much. They're 2-7 and seven in their last nine against the spread. Um, Virginia Tech over the last five games against Clemson, they've covered four of the five. So I like that spot for them. Um, but again, they're playing for their postseason lives. If they lose this game, pretty much done unless they win the ACC tournament, which I don't expect. Could they make a run in the ACC tournament? Yes, I, I definitely think they can. Um, but also the fact PJ Hall's leading score for Clemson, he's questionable. I'm pretty sure he sat out last game. Um, so when you factor that in as well, I, I have to take the Hokies in this one. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm not really going to fight you on that. And You're right, I do uh, try and shy away. I'm actually going to get to a bubble team that's a, a favorite. Uh, you know, bubble team favorites I, I don't like a ton in late February, early March, because I, I feel like sometimes they're bubble teams and they play down to expectations. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get to a bubble team dog that I like later on as we, we'll circle back to the SEC. But uh, I – Bill, the big thing why I won't knock that is just I feel like the ACC has really drifted off a little bit when it comes to the top conferences in America this year. It's obviously the Big Ten. It's the SEC, the Big 12. And normally we're talking about the ACC and we're not this year. And so the point I'm making is Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to the just kind of tapped out nature of Clemson where it's like, okay. In a league game featuring Virginia Tech and Clemson, two teams that are usually at least in the mix for the NCAAs around this time of year. Mm-hmm. In that kind of game, I'd be hesitant to lay through the bubble team on the road. But the, the traditional standards don't really apply with the ACC and, and these two programs in particular. You mentioned Virginia Tech maybe not even making the tournament. So it's just been a down year for the conference at large. And that makes me even more skeptical of the teams that are, you know, Clemson's record or worse. And that mm. it makes me wonder, have they just tapped out? Yep. Agree. And yeah. you mentioned like the, the decline of the ACC. I'm looking at their, um, their standings right now. When was the last time the number two team in the ACC had eight losses on the season? Like, I think that's kind of wild. Like Duke 26 and four there at the top. Then you have UNC 22 and eight, Notre Dame 21 and nine, Miami 21 and nine. And yeah, then it and dips no, off. Like North Carolina as of a couple of weeks ago was a bubble team. That's yeah. the number two yeah. team in the conference. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a good thing to have parity, but well, I'm old school, man. So the ACC being down kind of, you know, I don't like no, saying it. It feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay, let's go to a consensus play. We're going to end with a consensus play as well. But let's go to a consensus play in the Atlantic 10 where, uh, you know, by the way, like I listen, this is probably only a one bid league, maybe a two bid league because you have 
Virginia Commonwealth and Dayton both on the bubble. Uh, but there's five teams in the A-10 right now that have won 20 games. And, you know, I realize these A-10 teams maybe aren't playing the best of schedules. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not, you know, it's uh, Davidson, Dayton, VCU, St. Louis, and St. Bonaventure. And the Bonnies just picked up a win tonight at home against Richmond. Uh, so this Are is you a saying the Bonnies might not get in? Yeah, I, I, Lenardi has uh, Davidson wow. in. And then he's got, in his next four out, he's got uh, Davidson. And maybe I missed them, but um, I saw VCU and Dayton in his next four out. And he's got uh, Davidson as his AQ, as automatic qualifier. And, yeah, that right now he's got one team from the A-10 in. Oh, no. I need Bonnie's to get in. You got What, do you got, like a futures ticket on them to make oh, the tournament? Oh, yeah. Right before they went on that win streak recently, I, I jumped well, on. Well, you know, man. again, like this is the thing where it's – this is one of those leagues that's going to be uh, – you know, bubble teams are going to be sweating over some of these A-10 teams because uh, Dayton right now not in the Joe Lenardi bracket. And uh, Dayton's a favorite over the top team in the league, and that's the Davidson Wildcats. I think they're the Wildcats. Um, yes, they are. And I am going to be on Dayton, and I know you are too, Bill – uh, you know, obviously at home game of the year for the Flyers, if they win, you know, they're, they're improving their at large chances and they'll certainly need to do some work in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Uh, but the other thing that really, uh, stood out to me was that, uh, the, we always like to look at like the efficiency metrics mm-hmm. and Davidson is very good on the offensive efficiency and Dayton is very good on the defensive yep. efficiency and, this is one of the lower totals in a Davidson game in recent memory, uh, as this total is coming in at 131. So we talk sometimes about how totals can tip you off on sides. I think that, to an extent, is what's going on here. And I also just think in these college basketball environments on a senior night in the first weekend in March, you're going to get a fully invested Dayton team that grinds the game out and and defends like hell and and so if you had to ask me what type of game is going to be played you know i haven't bet the under in this game but obviously would lean that way on the total Dayton minus three in the hook though on the side let's go flyers yeah i'm with you basically the same thing you said dayton has top ranked defense in the conference um you, know, you don't want to sell davidson short they're the top ranked offense uh according to efficiency ratings but when you flip it the other way right you have Dayton is the third best offense, and Davidson is only the seventh top or seventh ranked defense in uh, in the conference. So basically, the same thing you said. The other thing is Dayton shoots over forty percent from three in the conference play. So you know the fact that they're going to be at home with that level of comfort, they shoot well from the perimeter, they can defend very very well. You're going to have the crowd factor involved, like you said with Senior Nighter, the final home game of the season. I'm backing you here with the Flyers. Very similar handicap for me in Gainesville was we're going back to the SEC for the Florida Gators plus four and the hook for me against the Kentucky Wildcats. And, uh, you know, Florida is a bubble team. And, you know, I mentioned I was going to be on a bubble dog in the SEC and it's these Gators. Um, total 141 and a half, by the way, in Gainesville. But Florida just recently beat Auburn at home. And, uh, you know, I think there's they could be live on the money line here as well. Uh, it's a Kentucky team that, yeah, they're still battling for the regular season title. And I, I don't doubt that this game will go down to the wire uh, because both teams have 
ample motivation. Uh, last chance for Florida, really, before the SEC tournament to, well, the last game anyway, before the conference tournament, but a, a bold opportunity for them, the Gators, to enhance their NCAA resume. They'll probably need at least one, maybe two wins in the conference tournament as well, even if they win this game. There is still a lot more work to be done for the Gators at home. I'm looking at Florida. As I said, they already have, had they not won that Auburn game, I would feel a little more hesitant just on the basis that, you know, can they play with the SEC elites? Uh, but I have that Auburn game that makes me feel like, you know, and also, by the way, number 17 in the country, only laying four and a half, I think is kind of interesting as well. And, you know, you look at Florida recently, they only lost by eight against Arkansas. They beat Georgia by double digits. They picked up a road win against Vanderbilt. I think the Gators are starting to find their way a little bit at the perfect time. So uh, give me the Gators here, plus the short number. Not my favorite play because they did lose by 21 in Lexington a couple of weeks ago, but I'll take the Gators plus four and a half. Yeah, no pushback for me. I looked at that line earlier today, and like you said, it's it's a bit fishy. I'm going to stay away, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if you're on the right side for that one. So I have a, uh, it's funny, we have, uh, you know, all these plays in the final Saturday of the regular season, and I think, as I double check here, yeah, only one play in the Big Ten, uh, and I'll get to that right now, Uh, but this is just a situational play for me, where um, I am going to go to the great basketball state of Indiana, and uh, go to West Lafayette, where at Mackey Arena, the Purdue Boilermakers return home after losing in Madison against the Wisconsin Badgers. And uh, I'm going to look at Purdue laying 10, and I'm going to swallow the 10 points against uh, Indiana. And, uh, you know, it's it's really kind of a double situational thing I like to do, where you have Purdue coming off of a loss. And I think, while there's no doubt that Purdue is one of the best teams in the league, uh there's going to be to an extent and, and I think Purdue, I mean, I don't know if you saw the end of that game in Madison, like the Wisconsin kids are banking in everything and, <laughs> and Purdue probably uh, didn't feel great about the way that one ended. But uh, I, I expect a fired up Boilermaker team again, another team at home on senior day. And uh, I, I just expect them to want to try and uh, right the wrongs of uh, a tight loss against one of the top teams in the big 10 in Wisconsin uh, earlier in the week. And so I, I, I think that you're going to get an angry Purdue team. And then I really, really worry about Indiana being a little demoralized because while we talk about bubble dogs, sometimes being good bets, you know, and maybe had Purdue won and, you know, coasted, I would maybe have felt like, okay, Indiana is going to catch Purdue sleeping a bit, maybe a letdown, but Purdue lost the game, as I said, to Wisconsin. But then I think it was like literally the last two teams in Lenardi's field were Indiana and Rutgers and Rutgers goes to Bloomington and wins earlier this week. So I worry about, you know, a a bit of a dream crusher for the Hoosiers. And now, you know, you could look at it and say, well, Hey, now they got an opportunity going to Purdue to get back up and and get off everybody's bubble. I I, I don't know. Uh, The the big 10, as I said, I think is the best league and the top of the conference is good enough where I'll bet on any of these teams off of a loss so I'll lay the 10 with Purdue. Yeah, no, again, no pushback for me on that one either. Um, agree with all the points you made. I'll be staying away, though. Okay, let's let you uh, reel off a couple as well. As uh, Again, we're going to circle our way back to the SEC as we're kind of jumping around a little bit here for a final consensus play. 
but uh, you're going to be on – you're going to the American. Wichita State, uh, the Shockers, laying 10 against East Carolina. So here's your big chalky favorite. What do you like about Wichita State? To be honest, I don't even think this is going to be a close game. The Pirates, they should get dominated on the boards. Uh, Wichita State's defense likely going to be too much for them. Um, they force a ton of turnovers, and East Carolina does not handle the ball, handle the pressure well. Um, and the kid, what is it, Etienne, Etienne, whatever his name is. He's is he what is he what's his name's brother? The kid that played for Clemson, the running back. Running back Travis Etienne. Yeah, I don't know if they're related. We're gonna say we're gonna say Etienne, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So maybe they are because you know the parents sometimes like that same initial thing. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We'll find out after the fact here. But okay. uh, I like the way that him and Udesi have been playing on the floor together recently. I think they're going to do enough offensively to get the cover. Uh, Wichita State 4-1 and one their last five at home, 3-1 and one in their last four as a favorite. East Carolina 1-4 and four in their last five against the Shockers. Um, I just like the way that Wichita State's been wrapping up the end of the season here. So I'm going to be backing them at home here. Yeah, no pushback for me. Certainly uh... – you know, I mentioned at the beginning, I'm a Temple guy, as you know, and um, I pay attention to this league. And Wichita took Houston right down to the wire recently. So, uh, you know, I think not in the same light as the A-10, because I think there's, as whether it be the Bonnies or, you know, Richmond played the Bonnies tight tonight or um, who am I missing? Uh, St. Louis and, you know, Dayton, VCU. Those teams could all be bit stealers. But I think there's some teams in the American, too, where if, you know, Houston is to get knocked off, you know, you have bubble teams in SMU and Memphis. I mentioned Temple's been playing better. Uh, and Wichita State, Tulane, uh, you know, all teams that on a given day can put it together and hang with teams. And so I, I think that, you know, Wichita State here at home, not really any pressure uh, playing well. And against a lowly East Carolina team in the conference, I'm certainly with you in terms of laying the lumber there with the Shockers. I'll get to my final solo play here, and then we'll go back to you, and then we'll wrap up with our consensus play. Listen, I, I, I think you'll like this. I don't have anything other than it's going to be like the most public thing ever to take <laughs> Duke. So I want to take North Carolina. And so yes. that's what I'm doing. And there's no reason for this other than I just like having fun sometimes with gambling and i will very much enjoy it. carolina's getting 12 now at cameron uh i i'll be that asshole that takes uh, that bets against coach k in his final game at cameron <laughs> uh i hope it works out better for you than it did for me when i took carolina at home against coach k this year oh, yeah. that know, game that was... got ugly in a hurry <laughs> yeah yeah it sure did uh all right bill uh, i want to let you get in on your last solo pick here uh, you're going to Big 12, and I think this is – actually, I like this. I might tail you on this. Um, mm-hmm. This is interesting. TCU has been playing really well, and, you know, they beat uh, Texas Tech. They beat Kansas. They almost beat Kansas at Fog Allen earlier this mm-hmm. week. Now here they are as a dog at West Virginia, and obviously the Mountaineers are, uh, you know, around a 500 team this year. So that – now that I see that line, it definitely makes me think West Virginia are past, but why else do you like it? Uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, you have TCU who just played back-to-back against Kansas, knocked them off in the first game. And look, I'll be honest, I, I max played 
Kansas uh, in the rematch, thinking they were going to blow them out. And um, and look, they had them on the ropes early in the first half. I thought they were going to be able to pull away early, and they didn't. You know, to credit the TCU for fighting back. But you have to figure the amount of emotion that was poured into those two games, and then to go on the road here to West Virginia, who is three and fourteen in the conference. I could not believe it when I saw that the other day. I knew they yeah, were having had a down year, but against Texas, unfortunately, they covered for me. But yeah, I was. I, it's weird seeing West Virginia that far down in the Big Twelve. Yeah, exactly. But eleven and five went home in the season. Um, I think they're going to be able to do enough to to get the win here. Uh, they do force turnovers, right? Like they're twenty first in the country in turnover rate. Um, and TCU is susceptible to turning the ball over. They're 322nd in offensive turnover percentage. So I think West Virginia can turn them over enough to get the win here uh, and get the cover. Yeah, like I said, uh, it's definitely a fishy, fishy line there in Morgantown. So uh, I I love every time Van Pelt takes them on uh, winners in football, he always goes, let's go Mountaineers. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go drink some beer. So uh, I, I guess that's like their thing there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but um, no, I'll definitely, uh, definitely think that's the right side to play in that one. Let's wrap up back in the SEC in Knoxville, where we have the Tennessee Volunteers at home against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And we mentioned TCU playing well. And coming into that game in Morgantown as a dog, well, literally double that because it's a three-point underdog spot for TCU. How about a six-point dog spot for Arkansas, despite the fact that the Hogs are rolling? They're rolling into Knoxville, having won five straight, including by 10 at home against TCU two weeks ago. And here they are as a six-point dog. If that's not Tennessee or pass. I don't know what is revenge game for Tennessee. Um, you know, Rick Barnes, you know, he, he's still there. It might be March, but it's still a regular season. Right. So he doesn't start fucking up just yet. Um, nine and six against the spread at home this year are the Vols. You know, so just blindly taking them at home. You're hitting at 60 percent against the number. And uh, Tennessee, for as good as Arkansas has been playing, uh, Tennessee just went seven and one straight up in the month of February. And they covered five of those nine games as well. So I like the Vols to uh, put a halt into the skit, into the streak, I should say, for Arkansas. Vols minus six, max play for me. I know you're on it as well. Oh, yeah. Covered at home against Auburn as a favorite. Covered at home as a favorite against Kentucky. Covered at home as a favorite against LSU. All ranked teams when they faced them. I think you mentioned it's revenge spot. They were held to 48 points last meeting, lowest on the season. Tons of motivational factors there. And I do believe, I'm not sure if I heard you say this or not, but I think if they do win, they do have a chance at, at jumping into that two seed for the conference tournament. Is that right? Uh, you know, I did not the, say that. I think it's Yes, all, yes. It I know is. it's Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas all can still win the regular season. But right. I don't know. And now you mentioned Tennessee with head-to-head wins over Kentucky and uh, Auburn, so they're in right. that mix. Yeah, if they win, that would sound right then. Yeah, if they win, I think and Kentucky and Kentucky loses, they can hop into that two seed. So they said a lot of motivation behind it. The line's a bit fishy. Revenge spot. Um, yeah, giving them giving them the home as as favors to get the job done. There we go. A consensus play on Tennessee. 
Also had a consensus play on Dayton as uh, it is March and uh, we try and keep these somewhat quick so that you can listen on a Saturday morning and get your plays in. He's Bill Christie at Larry's Locks 2 on Gambling Twitter. Follow our guy Alex Uplinger managing the podcast account at full underscore slate underscore pod. My name is Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Bill, it's good to link up again. Hopefully we can get a few more of these in as college basketball takes center stage in the sports universe. Yes, and if we don't, enjoy it. Christmas in March, best time of the year. There we go. Again, he's Bill Christie. I'm Greg Frank. Everyone, enjoy the final Saturday of the regular season. This has been another edition of Full Slate. And, of course, please, play responsibly.